It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Uh, welcome to the show. We got a good one for you today. Uh, it's a bit of a specialty topic, but I think we're we're going to be doing a lot more uh, lists as as time goes on. Some more evergreen content, given uh, you know we are stuck in the middle of a pandemic for the time being. And this is a very fun one today. It is the top five Vikings draft busts since 2010. Uh, kind of crazy to think that we pretty much have a decade of, of drafts to go through. I remember, man, when I when I think of a decade, I think, oh, we're going to be looking back at Vikings drafts since 2005. And then you're like, oh, no, it, it's 2020. Uh, so a, a decade would be back to 2010. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because pretty much since, I want to say 2012 or 2013, uh, Rick Spielman has been involved uh, very heavily in the Vikings draft process. So uh, th- this was interesting. It's, 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 it's very different if we look at Vikings draft busts, and maybe we'll do this on a separate show, from 2000 to 2010. But it's interesting from 2010 to 2020 because the Vikings have actually been really good at drafting. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into it uh, very shortly. But uh, they, they don't miss a lot on picks, to be honest with you. Now, there are some pretty big ones, and you know we'll go from 5-1 to one and we'll have some honorable mentions. Uh, but the Vikings normally, and, and justifiably so because this is the case with many teams, but a lot of the picks the Vikings don't hit on are like days 4 through 7. Like I went back... Uh, and, and perhaps we could do this another show idea. We could we could uh, recap the Vikings 2020 draft class. Um, but, you know, with having the 15 picks and going back and looking at Vikings day three picks, I want to say back to like 2011 or 2012, they've had something like 70 and really only four or five have ever truly worked out. So for all those people who are, oh, wow, they got 15 picks. Yeah, well, I mean, they'd be they'd be lucky if two of those day four, day four, uh, two of those day three players, I feel like day four players, but two of those day three players actually turned out. Um, so that being said, the Vikings, uh, I know this was true back in 2017 or 2018, but I'd have to I'd have to do some more research to see if this was uh, currently true. But the Vikings have drafted the most Pro Bowl players of any team uh, that, that have stuck with the team. Uh, obviously, there's just some glaring positional holes that they they seem to miss on like quarterback and offensive line uh but it's an interesting list it's a tough list to be honest with you because i'm trying to have some hot sports takes here but i'm not trying to get too crazy but context is is really important and and we'll dive very deep into the context of these picks because if i just tell you the list right now you you might heavily disagree with me or you might you might you might agree with me in all fairness but Context is very important because just just at a face level, it might not make sense. But I, I think I have the definitive top five. Now, there, there are some interesting honorable mentions that we'll get to before we announce the, the, the number one draft bust. But it, it's, it's a very interesting and complex list because, you know, for, for the large part of, of the last decade, the Vikings have actually been really good 
and uh, a, a very solid drafting team. So with that being said, we'll get to our number five Vikings draft bust since 2010, which is cornerback Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes. Now, he was the 11th pick in 2015 from Michigan State. And the reason why he's a bust is, well, first of all, first of all, the thing is, so he only played five years with the team. And he signed with the Bengals in the offseason. Even even if Trey Waynes had turned out to be a good corner, and he's he's not necessarily bad. I think he's an average corner. But... That kind of gets back to my point. You don't draft average corners with the 11th pick in the draft. Uh, when you draft with the 11th pick in the draft, you you are expecting, oh, we're going to get a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Trey, Trey Waynes will never sniff a Pro Bowl. Uh, he's very fast, has good closing speed. I remember that was a fun talking point around uh, the Twin Cities media at the time he was drafted. Uh, closing speed means that you got, you got beat, and he got beat very often in 2015, and I want to say 2016. But in all fairness, cornerback has a a high learning curve, and he he did turn it around in 2017, I believe, when he it was when he started to be a a average starter. Which make no mistake, I mean, an average corner is very valuable because you know most corners are bad. So you know by default, you know you never want to have just an average corner. But you know there there are certainly worse possibilities. But you know with the 11th pick in the draft, it, that, that that's just a terrible pick. And you, you didn't re-sign him. You know what I mean? Like, I could make an argument, and I, I, I don't think I would truly truly make it, but I could make an argument that Jalen Ramsey was a bust for the Jaguars. Now, hear me out. The reason I would say he's a bust is because he never signed a second contract with the Jaguars. So if, if you draft a player with the, fit, with the fifth overall pick, and they're only on your team for like four years, and then they go they go on and be good with another team, that's still a bust to me because you still had that fifth overall pick and he's not on your team anymore. So to me, a bust for a team could even be a good player. A good player could be a bust, but if they were good with another team and not with your team, then that from, from your perspective, that's a bust. From the Jaguars' perspective, it's kind of a bust. It's kind of a disappointment. Now, you drafted a great player and he had some great years with the Jaguars, but you don't when you spend the fifth overall pick on a player, you don't think that they're only going to be on your team for four years. If you have a player who's a fifth overall pick and only plays four years with your team, that's a bust. So with Trey Waynes, he never signed a second contract. To be honest, even if he did sign a second contract with, with the Vikings, I'm not sure I'd be that big of a fan of it just because uh, he's clearly going to get overpaid. He clearly was overpaid. Uh, he's just an average corner. I don't know how much better he makes your defense. And the, in fairness, the Vikings in their 2020 draft class, they really hit the cornerback position very hard. Uh, and I do like Cameron Dantzler, and I do like um, Jeff Gladney. Not completely sold on Mike Hughes, so I think that cornerback room is going to be very, very interesting. Um, but even if he did resign, that's just a, that's kind of a gross pick, to be honest with you. I know Mike Zimmer's a defensive-minded head coach, but that, that really was a bad one. And that leads me to the number... Four Vikings draft bust since 2010, a Mr. Laquan Treadwell. Uh, this one's really bad. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of fans don't like Treadwell, and that's fine. Uh, but he was a later first round pick. You know what I mean? That that's that's why. You know, it's not like Treadwell was the 
the seventh pick in the draft. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was a Troy Williamson. He was a 23rd pick in the draft. Now, obviously, you know, if you're the 23rd pick in the draft, you have to have a lot more than two career receiving touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, it's it's whatever. 50, 50% of first-round picks don't work out, but this one really didn't. Uh, the reason why it's not higher on my list is because it was a good pick at the time. It's not like it was a reach at the time. That actually looked like a very good draft pick because there were three wide receivers taken before Treadwell in that draft. If I remember correctly, Corey Coleman was a 15th pick in the draft. The 21st pick in the draft was Will Fuller. And the 22nd pick in the draft was Josh Doxson. So he was a fourth wide receiver off the off the book, and a lot of people thought that he was a number one. Uh, you know, a lot of Minnesota media and a lot of Minnesota fans really wanted Treadwell. Uh, in, in the lead-up to the draft. Now, he did have that leg injury at Ole Miss that I don't know if he ever fully recovered. It was a pretty bad one. Um, but again, I, you know, it would sting a lot more if we didn't have the emergence of Adam Thielen. Like, yeah, did it hurt that the Vikings wasted a pick on Treadwell? Obviously, of course. But it hurt a lot less when we still had Diggs and we still had Thielen. So we had the, you know, arguably the top tandem in, in the NFL. Um, and, and also it's not like we, would the Vikings have been better if they drafted Corey Coleman? Not really. He was a pretty big bust. Uh, Doxon was a pretty big bust. Uh, Will Fuller, I mean, he plays in like less than 50% of, of the games. So it's not, you know, if the Vikings drafted Will Fuller, okay, well, we have a, a good deep wide receiver, but we only have him for, you know, eight games out of the, out of the season. So you know, it, it, it's a bad one, but this is what I'm talking about with context. I mean, contextually, that's not not a terrible. Well, it's it's, it's a terrible pick, but it's you know things could be a lot worse. You know, it's it's not like DeAndre Hopkins was was drafted. You know, two picks after Treadwell. You know, they that they, that kind of. I mean, well, now that I think about it, my, uh, Mike Thomas was was a second round wide receiver, but I don't know if there's a whole lot of first round steam at the time. It was a good pick, just didn't work out. Uh, that leads me to the number three Vikings draft bust since 2010, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. He was the 29th pick in the 2013 NFL draft out of Tennessee. He only played one year at Tennessee uh, because he was a JUCO transfer. I believe he was one of the highest rated JUCO transfers of all time and an amazing athlete. And he, he is a three-time Pro Bowler, I believe. Excuse me, I believe he was a two-time Pro Bowler with the Vikings. Now, he played with the Vikings for four years. He had seven receiving touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns. And a lot of people could say that Treadwell was a bigger bust than Patterson. And certainly Patterson holds many Vikings uh, team records, certainly when it comes to kickoff returns. But the reason why Patterson's a bigger bust than Treadwell, in my opinion, is... This was a time where the Vikings really needed wide receiver help. I think this was I think this was the year where we signed Greg Jennings. Certainly Greg Jennings was on the team. You know, and you just kind of had guys like we we had drafted the year before Jarius Wright and uh, and Greg Childs. And we didn't really have a number 1 wide receiver. We really needed help at the wide receiver position and Patterson re- really never really never helped. Uh as a wide receiver now as a, now here's the thing and this is why it stings more and this is the context I'm talking about Patterson is a bigger bust to me than Treadwell because Patterson was legitimately talented he still is legitimately talented and 
We misused that talent. Now, maybe it never would have worked out with Patterson. But the thing with Patterson, you know, you go back to that 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 snowy Baltimore game, I believe in 2013, his rookie season, where it was that high-paced shootout. Patterson had a really good game. If you could get the, the ball in Patterson's hands, things could happen. That's why he had four rushing touchdowns. You know, he was very good on jet sweeps. Now he was very predictable on jet sweeps. But if you can just get, and that's why he was so good on, on kick returns. I mean, his rookie year, he, he had an average kick return of 32.4 yards. And then he had, you know, two kick return touchdowns that year, two kick return touchdowns in 2015. Uh, he had a 109-yard kick return his rookie year as well. You know, so it, it, it's just more frustrating. And I think the frustration factor is why I put it at number three, because Patterson... Patterson is a very, very special player. It just didn't work out. He didn't have great hands. In all fairness, he didn't have a great quarterback for most of his time here. Uh, you know, I guess 2013, that's the end of the Ponder era. He did have a rookie, Bridgewater. Peterson was, you know, the bell cow of the offense. Um, but that, that's why it stinks, man, because, he, you know, what is he, 6'2", 235, just a freak of an athlete and that's why he was drafted he didn't he didn't really have production at Tennessee you know he was just a really good athlete a uh, really good kick returner but it, it just stinks you know I think I think if the Vikings had a more creative head coach uh, or a more creative offensive coordinator like I would have loved to have seen Patterson be drafted you know in an alternate reality I would love to see him get drafted in like 2016 2017 you know, in play under like a DeFilippo or play under a Pat Shermer or a, a, a Stefanski or even, I guess, what, what Kubiak's doing now. Like, I just feel he wasn't properly utilized, but the talent was there. Undeniably, the talent was there, uh, but it just kind of stinks. And, and again, that's why he's above Treadwell, because we didn't really need... I mean, obviously, we needed Treadwell to work out, obviously. He was a first-round pick, but you know, we really needed Patterson to work out as a wide receiver, and he didn't, whereas Treadwell, we had other options. Uh, this leads me to the number two draft bust for the Vikings since 2010, and that is Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil, he was a fourth overall pick in 2012 uh, out of USC. Now, again, this is where context come in comes in, where nobody would deny that Matt Khalil is a, is a, is a bust, but he, you know, he was a pro bowler his rookie year. He might have even been all pro his rookie year, to be honest with you. Uh, he played five years with the Vikings, played in 82 games. But only 16 of those games were really good, and that was his rookie year. He was a complete turnstile. He signed one of the worst contracts I've ever seen with the Panthers, which does not play into my, my, my uh, grade here and my placing here, but just a fun note that he signed that five-year $55 million deal with the Panthers and played like two years. Um, awful contract. Not a good, not a good player. But again, the talent was there. He was very good. A lot of people around here, you know, like they really thought he was the next Ron Yeri. You know, they really thought he was the next Anthony Munoz. He was amazing. He was amazing. And he was a really good part of that 2012 Vikings team uh, that led Adrian Peterson to that 2000 yard rushing season. That 2012 was was the last year the Vikings had a good offensive line. That's why it frustrates me when the Vikings offensive line has been just complete absolute dog crap the last eight years. Because 2012, honestly, 2012 was the last year we had a decent offensive line, 
and it was good in 2012. I mean, you had Khalil, you had Fusco, uh, you had John Sullivan, uh, and then you had Phil Lodeholt. I forget who the right guard was. It might have been like Anthony Herrera, or maybe that was maybe that was maybe that was uh, a little too early or a little too late. Uh, but you know, they had a really good offensive line, and it just kind of all fell apart. And I think in large part to Matt Khalil. Um, you know, from the the hat flipping incident, I mean, he just wasn't good. He got injured. He liked to, to you know, start a pizza company in the Twin Cities, uh, making pizza in just a really gross way, that that kind of like, uh, well, I'm not gonna name any any businesses, but that type of pizza where you, what is it? You like flash you flash cook it for like 90 seconds, just gross. Uh, if you if your pizza cooks in 90 seconds, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Like putting it in a super hot oven, but. You know, he he was the fourth pick in the draft. That hurts. That's the highest draft pick the Vikings have had uh, during the twenty during the 2010s. Uh, to be honest, that might be the highest draft pick the Vikings have had. Oh boy, man! In, in a really long time, I can't even remember the last time the Vikings had a a, a pick higher than higher than that. Um, but you know, he was really and again left tackle. I mean, that's that's. Man, that's probably the third most important position, arguably the second most important position, you know, on an entire football team. Like that's the guy who who protects your quarterback. You know what I mean? Like quarterbacks obviously more important. That's about 75% of the entire game in my estimation. Uh I think in today's game, I maybe you could make a case edge rusher, especially, you know, given how much they're getting paid, which is a very good litmus test. I think uh, edge rusher probably is more important than left tackle, but a left tackle, I mean, undeniably, that's a you know a top three, top four position on, on a team, you know, and and you know it's it's you had it, you had it, and I don't know why he never regained it, but you know it, like it, it's a funny type of thing that happens to the Vikings, you know what I mean, and, and that's where the context come comes in because it's like, well, would Matt Khalil be a bigger bust? if he was just terrible for those five years, if he never was a pro bowler, would it be worse if Matt Khalil never was a pro bowler and just always was a terrible left tackle for five years? Or is it worse that he was a pro bowler in his rookie year and peaked in his rookie year and then never could regain it and was just terrible for the next four years? Because, you know, in in the first scenario, he's just always bad. He's just always bad. Perhaps our expectations taper. And it was just a, a really bad pick. But with this one, it hurts because you know what he's capable of. Uh, you know, I think now he's like 30 years old, so he's, you know, his career, his career is done. But it, it, it hurts a, a certain type of way when you know it wasn't a bad pick. It was not a bad pick. At the time, it was a very good pick. Uh, nobody thought it was a bad, a bad selection. And he proved you right by becoming a pro bowler his rookie year. I mean, if you look at pro bowlers your rookie year, like... He could have been the next Quentin Nelson. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, if I'm sure if you look at rookies who become pro bowlers, a lot of them end up in the hall of fame or a lot of them end up in the hall of very good. You know what I mean? But he just got worse every single year. He, he's an extreme version of like a Michael Carter Williams, just worse every single year he played and, and peaked his rookie year. And, and that, that hurts a special type of way. Uh, so now we, we're going to do our honorable mentions, which are interesting. We'll get into some later draft picks. Spoiler alert, you probably know who number one is already. Uh, but all top five, all of the top five here are first-round picks because I can't really call you a 
a top five bust if you're not a first round pick because, you know, you can be an honorable mention if you're not a first round pick, but you know, you're supposed to hit on first round picks. You know what I mean? Second round picks. I mean, they're significant and you should hit on them obviously, but you know, it, it stings a lot less when a lot, a lot less when they're, when they're later picks. Um, so I, I guess I'll try to do this in order, uh, but there's not really, there's not really an order to my honorable mentions. Um, but, but maybe I'll try to make order out of it. Uh, number one honorable mention, uh, we'll go Scott Crichton. Uh, he was a third round pick an early third round pick in 2014. That was the first year Mike Zimmer was head coach. That was his first draft class. And he had a really good draft class. Uh, you know, that was the year where he took uh, Anthony Barr, ninth overall. Uh, he's like a f- four or five-time Pro Bowler in his first six years. That's very good. Drafted Bridgewater. That was that was great. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, you know, but Scott Crichton, awful pick. Underrated awful pick because nobody really talks about that. I think most people just forgot. And it didn't cripple the team. If you miss on a third-round pick, no big deal. Every team misses on third-round picks from from time to time. Um, but that's a really that's a low-key awful pick uh, from Oregon State. Not known for their defense, he was here for three years. He might have been on the practice squad for a year or two. He had he finished his Vikings career with seven tackles. So just a guy who literally contributed nothing. Um, so that, that, that's certainly an honorable mention, but not good enough to get on my top five. No, you, you gotta be special to get on my top five. Uh, another one, this is the lowest draft pick who is on my, my honorable mention bust list. And that is 2015 fourth round pick out of the university of Pittsburgh. That is TJ Clemens. TJ Clemens is, a, a, a Vikings bust, not a top five, not a top five for the decade, uh, but he's a bust. Uh, he was only here for two years. Now, the thing, the, the reason why I put Clemens on here is because he was projected to be a first, by, by a lot of people, projected to be a first-round pick, maybe an early second-round pick. He fell to the Vikings in the fourth round for good reason because he was only an offensive lineman at Pittsburgh for two years. I believe he was there for four years, and I believe his first two years he was a defensive lineman. So he was learning the position. But again, this is 2015. The Vikings have a terrible offensive line. They need some production. And here's TJ Clemmings. Oh, wow. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a D-line convert. And we have a lot of hype around this guy. And that's the reason why he's on here, the hype. Uh, he, wow, we snagged a first-round pick. We snagged a first-round pick, a first-round grade on a guy who fell to us in the fourth round. And, and, and we have unrealistic expectations for a guy who's learning the position, who was a fourth-round pick, and he was just awful. He never was good. He was a complete turnstile. Maybe the worst offensive lineman in the history of the Vikings, at least in my recollection of, of watching the team. But believe me, the last eight years, I've seen some awful offensive line play, and TJ Clemmings might top it. Uh, so really, it's more hype because, you know, a fourth-round pick, man, whatever, man. But uh, honestly, there's not a whole lot of busts. See, a lot of the picks that quote-unquote bust out for the Vikings are late-round picks. So, honestly, it was it was tough. I was kind of scratching and uh, Clemmings just because of the hype machine behind him. Uh, he's on there. Uh, another one is Chris Cook. Uh, he just barely squeaks in. He was the 34th pick in the 2010 draft out of Virginia. He played here for four seasons, and he was the highest pick we had that year. I think we traded down out of the first round. I forget for what. 
I forget for what, but we traded down out of the first round and uh, took Chris Cook. Just wasn't good. Wasn't good. As close as a, as close to a first-round pick as you can get. Um, and again, the Vikings have been pretty good, to, to their credit, at drafting in, in rounds one, two, and three. So uh, Chris Cook makes that one. And then my last honorable mention is Sharif Floyd. He is the 23rd pick in the 2013 draft uh, out of Florida State. And that was another one, too, where in a lot of mocks, he was supposed to go th- uh, third overall to Oakland that year. And he fell, and he fell, and he fell. And that was the year the Vikings had three first-round picks, and only one of them worked out. They started off at pick 23 with Floyd, and then they also had uh, Xavier Rhodes and uh, Cordell Patterson. And a lot of people said, oh, wow, we have a top-five pick on the team. Uh, Very excited. And in fairness, I believe he had flashes. You look at his stats, they are just nothing. I mean, he had nine and a half sacks, 95 tackles. He was on the team for five years. Uh, but I, I do remember him having glimpses. It's not like he was a necessarily a bad player on the field. Uh, he just had a lot of injuries, and that's unfortunate, which is why he's an honorable mention. Uh, injuries did derail his career. Um, and, and, and again, five years on the team, but I, I think he only played like two or three years. I, like his last two years, I think, were just solely on IR or... Um, you know, just just rehabbing, um, but that you know, that's a first round pick. That's one of the higher picks the Vikings have had in in, in the last decade, and you know, he 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 didn't turn out, so he's got to make the list. Now, the legendary, the goat, the goat of Vikings draft busts since 2010, clearly, clearly, without a doubt, is Christian Ponder. Christian Ponder. He was the 12th pick in 2011 out of Florida State. He was on the team for four years. Uh, it, it's tough to say how long he was a starting quarterback because it kind of he, he he wasn't a starter his his rookie year at the beginning of the season and then he had some injuries I, I'd say about two two and a half years as, as a Viking starter and 59% completion percentage just that's garbage that's terrible you can't be in the NFL and have a uh, a completion percentage that low uh, 38 touchdowns 36 interceptions. That's really bad. He threw pretty much just as many interceptions as touchdowns and a 75.9 passer rating. Uh, He would be legendary with those stats if he played in the 1970s. He has stats that are pretty much identical to Terry Bradshaw, Uh, but this is the early 2010s, and those numbers are just absolutely terrible. Now, in fairness, in fairness, he had had an awful receiving core. I don't really think he ever, like in my mind, Percy Harvin's overrated. I don't really know what he brought to the team. He was fine. He was fine. Good. But, you know, he, he had Percy Harvin and pretty much nothing. He had Greg Jennings, who, I mean, that's a, that's a bad signing. He, he didn't really have a whole lot of help, to be honest with you, uh, outside of a pretty good offensive line in 2012 and Adrian Peterson. So he, he did have a solid run game. Um, but just a really bad pick, a really bad pick, uh, when you're picking 12 and again, it stings more cause it's a quarterback. And like I always contend a quarterback is, uh, is 75% of the game. So, I mean, that's, that's the one that stings, you know, like whatever happened with Bridgewater, you know what I mean? That, that, that feels like it's out of your control, but ponder not through injuries, not through whatever he just threw awful play. 
really honestly was never that good in college, so I don't know what the Vikings thought uh, going into that draft. Uh, I heard from a lot of people he was a third-round pick that, that, that they took with the, the, the 12th overall pick. So, again, just reaching. And, again, context plays in. Context plays in because, you know what I mean? Like, E.J. Manuel was a terrible draft pick, but that 2013 quarterback draft class was was just abysmal. So it's not like the Bills, you know, what if the Bills took Geno Smith? Well, they still would have sucked. Uh, context hurts even more because the 2011 draft class was a, 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 honestly, in hindsight, that's a legendary draft class. And, you know, you had, I mean, there's going to be many Hall of Famers from that 2011 draft class. You look up and down the board. Cam Newton, Vaughn Miller, Marcel Darius, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, who's my boy, uh, Tyron Smith, J.J. Watt. Uh, but again, you know, the, the, you know, I can't fault the Vikings for every player I just named because they're, they're, they were higher than the 12th pick, so the Vikings didn't have a chance to draft them. But even after the 12th pick, I mean, Ryan Kerrigan, Mike Pouncey, uh, Robert Quinn, uh, Cam Jordan... Uh, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not going to go down uh, too too much further because, you know, yeah, well, what about a seventh-round pick that was great? That, yeah, well, the, they were never going to take a seventh-round pick with the 12th pick in the draft. Um, but even Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, he was the 34th, 35th pick in that draft. Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback. I, I don't think anybody's, you know, banging the drums, oh, Andy Dalton's this and he's that. But he's undeniably, you know, five times better than Christian Ponder. And, you know, Ponder should have been a third-round pick, so taking a second-round pick like Dalton, 12th overall, or or even Colin Kaepernick would have been way better than Christian Ponder. I don't know how much he advances your your franchise, but, you know, undeniably better than Christian Ponder. But, you know, this one stinks because it, it's it's supposed to be the quarterback of the future. Uh, you, you, you could have had some really good players. And, again, just kind of busts out. Now, the, the, the thing I will say, at, at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because I, 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 at the same time, I'm really lenient with teams that, that bust out on first-round quarterbacks because at least you tried. At least you tried. And I know that sounds silly. I know that sounds dumb. But, like, for so long, the Vikings didn't spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. And it's just like... You're never going to get a franchise quarterback if you don't invest serious draft capital in 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 a quarterback. So like, yeah, it didn't work out with Ponder, but it, at least you tried. Like, you know what I mean? I don't even I don't even fault the the Broncos for drafting Paxton Lynch, because like like I say, guys, remember, a quarterback. If you have a good quarterback, seventy five percent of your team is already filled out. A quarterback is seventy five percent of the game. So I don't care if you waste picks on quarterbacks because at least you're trying. That's the most important. I'm surprised teams don't draft quarterbacks with a greater frequency and with higher draft picks, because, like, okay, like look at the look at the and the Vikings are the perfect team to do this with. Okay, look at the Vikings since 2014. They have never had a great quarterback, and you need a great quarterback to win. But they've had a great defense. They've had great wide receivers. They've had Diggs. They've had Thielen. They've had all these players. Wow, 95% of their roster is amazing. Yeah, but they don't have the quarterback. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I, I know you could throw to me examples like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with, with the Ravens and and, and Dilfer won the, won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. But, like, guys, these are anecdotes. These are exceptions to the rule. 
You know what I mean? They, they do exist, but let's not forget those are anecdotes. They're exceptions. They're incredibly rare. You know, how many years has there been a Super Bowl? Like 54? Like, and you can cite to me two examples of, of two examples of, of, of disproving, you know, the pattern. The pattern is you need a great quarterback. So if you think Ponder's a great quarterback, I mean, obviously you're, you're wrong in hindsight, but you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. I don't care. If you waste uh, the 11th overall pick on Trey Waynes, shame on you. That's an awful pick. But if you waste the 12th overall pick on Ponder, you wasted it. You could have done, you could have done something better, but like, man, I, I really, I really, I might be the most radical on that about just not faulting take. Now you got to use your noggin. You got to use your brain. Like I do fault the, the bears for taking Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes, but that's more of a, that's more of a, you chose the wrong quarterback who was still on the board. Not the, not the fact that you took a quarterback. So, you know, that that's, that's the, that's the thing with me. Like, okay. So if, if you're the Vikings and, and you don't draft Christian Ponder, I mean, what, what do you, what do you do? Who, who even, who even was on the roster at that time? Like, I don't even know who you're, I, I guess we just roll with, with Matt Castle. Or no, that's even, that, that's the start of the Bridgewater era. I honestly don't even know who you take. Like, so it's just like, whatever, man. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You got to select the right players at the end of the day. But I, I really, really don't fault anybody for, for taking quarterbacks and missing on them because, again, it's a very important position. Uh, so with that, we'll wrap it up here. This this was the top five Vikings draft bust since 2010. Uh, if you liked it, be sure to give a, a good rating. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been North Star Sports.